Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy, back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our first podcast in quite a while. We weren't on a summer break to go on vacation or hang out at the beach or anything like that. We've been focusing on the RSPA's annual trade show, Retail Now, which was a huge success. So thanks so much to all our members for making that show as phenomenal as it was. So today on the podcast, we have a return guest making her record eighth appearance on the Trusted Advisor <laughs> is RSPA General Counsel, uh, Attorney Jill Miller. Jill, welcome back again. Hello. I can't believe this is number eight. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Lucky eight. Let's do it. Beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful. So for those who don't know, Jill's a partner in a Detroit-based law firm, Bodman PLC. She served as RSP legal counsel since 2020, providing advice to all members, especially VARs and ISVs. And that advice is available no charge to RSP members through phone calls, emails, video chats, and in-person meetings at RSP events, just like Retail Now, which I just mentioned. And Jill's been engaged in our industry for several years, counseling clients on data privacy, cybersecurity, card processing, mobile payments, ACH, electronic fund transfers, virtual currencies, and more. And now we can add to Jill's resume that she hosted one of the most popular and highly rated breakout sessions at Retail Now 2023. It was titled Maximizing Profitability and Compliance, Best Practices for VARs and Cash Discounting and Surcharging. It featured Jill leading, providing her guidance. She also moderated a discussion with resellers Thomas Greenman of Skirless POS Solutions and John Extaberry of Edge Merchant Processing. So, Jill, let's start our conversation there. That was a very lively discussion between you and the panelists, you and the audience. There's a lot of give and take, the panelists and the audience. What stood out to you from that discussion? Like, what are some highlights you want to share with our audience about cash discounting and surcharging? Well, I think, first of all, the room was packed, right? And it was the very last session of the event. And I know all of us are usually, you know, are not usually, are always strapped for time. And that room was, you know, filled wall to wall. And it just reminds me of how important of a topic cash discount and surcharging is and how our members want to learn and be knowledgeable and share with their customers the programs and, and in, in the right way. So that's what really I thought was like the first instinct when that room just kept on filling up. And then, you know, we, the engagement with the um, audience, right? I mean, some of those questions were just so thoughtful. They were so kind to the panelists, to me, the moderator. Um, and it was really a good discussion. I think what comes out of that is that they're still after, you know, we've, seen these panels at various shows and we did the podcast and it still is unclear and you know visa is changing um the regulations of how to comply um and so it's it's an ever-changing um issue but that's our industry that's probably every you know uh, panel discussion or um learning event that was at rspa at retail now so um, I just find it really heartwarming, you know, being I kept saying I'm a conservative lawyer mm -hmm. um, and everybody just wants to do what's right, which is, you know, if you can start there, you're going to be just fine. 
Well, and I'm so glad that you were there and you addressed the topic head on. I uh, was part of a conference uh, in the fall of last year, and somebody raised a hand. This is before I was up on stage, and they asked one of the resellers, hey, talk about cash discounting and surcharging. He was like, there's a panel this afternoon. Like, I'm not touching that. Well, I was moderating the panel in the afternoon that was talking about a wide variety of subjects. And it, I mean, it was almost a free-for-all because we had so many opinions, but you brought to that discussion, like you said, from a conservative standpoint, here's the way to do this and stay within the lines. And like you said, it seemed like folks in the audience were very accepting and understanding of that. Yes. And that's kind of the value of having a reseller, right? Somebody who really cares about staying compliant. Right. I mean, that's, uh, and again, talking after the panel, right? Talking to our members individually, they're all so eager to, you know, learn, right? And, you know, being a lifelong learner is what is going to set us apart um, in terms of competitiveness in this industry. So I had people after the show sending me emails because I also was on the main stage during your general session. Um, and I mentioned there were a few new documents out there and I've probably, so people were listening when I was actually up there and I've been, uh, receiving, um, lots of inbound questions about what the documents are, where to find them. Um, and so just a reminder, um, they're on the websites under resources, legal documents, and you'll find all of the RSPA, uh, legal documents right there for your, uh, review and, um, education. Great. And I'll share one more resource. It's episode 89 of the Trusted Advisor podcast. It was Jill's appearance number seven, where we talked <laughs> surcharging and cash discounting. So if you want to get, again, a lot of details on that, uh, Jill did a great job. Again, if you weren't at retail now, and if you missed the breakout session, sorry, right, that is in the rearview mirror, <laughs> but you can check out that podcast again, episode 89. So before we get to the topic at hand, Jill, any other hot topics at retail now, or were most of the discussions that you had related to cash discounting and surcharging did that overshadow a lot of uh what was at the event for you well no i mean i think from a participant perspective i mean really uh thinking about the future of our industry right and that general session really always ties into the legal perspective right um many times it's so uh this is a strange way of saying it but our clients are one step ahead of the law but mm -hmm. in innovation is what i mean by that right mm -hmm. they're innovative and so sometimes the laws take a while to catch up with innovation and so um you know i'm just always keeping my eyes out and ears open um for changes in regulations that might impact our industry and um i'll tell you later on this particular piece that i'd like to talk mm -hmm. about today Awesome. Thank you. And it's funny you bring him, but you say one step ahead of the law. There's somebody in our industry when I say, hey, how have you been? And he always says, just trying to stay one step ahead of the sheriff. Uh, so <laughs> that's reality. So before we talk about the, the issue at hand today, I want to have a quick commercial break. I want to say first, thanks to the sponsors who support the RSP community and make this podcast and video series and Retail Now possible. Our platinum sponsor is Blue Star. Our gold sponsors are CoCard. Heartland, ScanSource, and Star Micronics. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. And if you are a VAR, it's very affordable to join the association. Under 10 employee reseller, you only pay $250 a year, and that gives you access to tons of resources, some that Jill just mentioned, and there's many, many more beyond that. So, all right, Jill. So what is the topic you want to focus on for this episode of the podcast? What do you think is most important for our listeners and viewers to hear today? 
Well, I think it's it's privacy, right? It's data privacy, it's cybersecurity. Um, this is something that's just going to continue. You know, data is um, power. And, you know, we had the, um, at the 75th celebration, we had um, the speaker doing the AI chat uh, with the chatbot. And so, um, you know, if you take it a step back and not sort of think so, up high in the sky, as I think to some people AI is. If you just come down to privacy, I think it's really important that if our members have a website, number one, so let's just start really sort of bare basics here. If our any of our uh, resellers or vendors or any other member type has a website, they need to have a privacy policy out there that tells the consumers what they are doing with their privacy, with their information, rather. Mm -hmm. And so many times, as you might imagine, um, I wouldn't say that privacy policy is the most interesting, like sort of exciting document to review. And I think many times people will, oh, that looks like a good um, privacy policy. I'll just cut and paste it on my website and then I'll take yeah. a look at it. And it has the other company's name in it still. Or And so it's really about having a discussion with, um, you know, we also have our Nathan who does um, cybersecurity. He's also Nathan Sweeney, yeah, RSP yeah, security it, advisor, yep. Yeah, when it comes to privacy. But really what's important on this privacy policy on your website is a couple things. One is you should update it annually, right? Well, actually, one is you should read it. <laughs> right. One is you should read it. It's really not uh, that, um, I think, difficult to get a privacy policy up on your website. I think what you can do is really look at, there's just sort of big picture headings. Um, number one, what information are we collecting from the consumer, right? Remember back um, when all those cookies started popping up on our screens because GDPR, the EU, uh, data privacy uh, law was in, uh, enacted, and um, a lot of people didn't need to put up that cookie banner. They just did it because everybody else was doing it. Um, and the reason for that is if you are passing data between the U.S. and the EU. So that's probably not many of our members, um, but I'm sure there are, are several, mm -hmm. um, you know. Um, Especially in the vendor community, right? A lot in of the vendors. vendor community, certainly. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so from the uh, reseller perspective, so it can be a really, I think, short privacy policy. What information are we collecting? How do we use it? Who do we share it with? And what changes might we make to our policy? How do we collect the information? So are we collecting it when you know, you we get your IP address when you get on the website, or do we actually have a form that you fill out? And then, um, you know, sort of describing your security. I mean, I wouldn't say we would never have a breach on our site, right? You should just say that, and you should have proper security um, on your website, not, you know, have an old version of something that's no longer being um, utilized or supported by a vendor. So, that's sort of my advice. You should really think about a privacy policy. Now, that's just somebody who just has a, you know, a website that's not really getting a bunch of information. So step one, and I always say privacy is a journey. Um, you know, you got to start someplace and you really the privacy policy is a good place to have a discussion um, and sort of look under the hood of what you're doing with your company 
and how you're managing data. I will tell you that there are now at least a dozen states um, that have enacted data privacy laws. We all have heard about the California data privacy law, um, and that law really was telling companies throughout the United States if they had some met some certain certain thresholds and were collecting consumer data in California um, that you had to tell the um, allow the individual to delete their information to correct their information and that was really similar to what GDPR had done um, and so now there are like I said a dozen states who have enacted similar privacy policies um, or privacy statutes that if you're in a particular state, you're going to need to see if you have to comply. And compliance usually, you know, can mean a bunch of things. It can be like I just said, have the tools and the ability to actually delete information if a customer asks you to delete it. Now, if you have a reasonable business purpose, you're not going to delete it. So if you have a website and you're taking orders and Jill Miller puts her name and address and all this information, I can't tell you to just delete it because you might need that for bookkeeping records right. or for tracking information. But the old days of keeping data and all of a sudden someone's saying, hey, we've got 30 years of data. What should we do with that? Um, right. Those yep. days are long gone. Um, okay. And the states are really prohibiting keeping data unless you have a purpose for it. Um, and then lastly, I would just say, um, you know, data breaches. We ha have to just be careful. I think so many of us have become sort of immune to getting those notifications in the mail that, you know, a breach has occurred and your information may have been stolen. And um, But it's really important if you, if one of your employees receives an email that they think is from the president of the company and in fact it's a bad actor and they send all of the employee information um you know that's a data breach mm -hmm. um and i often am counseling those poor employees who make one mistake i just feel so horrible for them because they're heartbroken right no one wants to yes. put their company in jeopardy and cause but you know if you are that employee and that happens you know raise your hand speak up better to sort of try to quickly nip it in the bud and and then there's some compliance obligations with notification to consumers. But again, it's all very nuanced and detailed by state. We don't have in the US a federal um, data privacy standard. We have, you know, we have HIPAA and we have COPA, which covers children and HIPAA healthcare, but we don't have this general privacy framework in place on a federal perspective. So there's all this state law compliance and similarly with data breaches. So if there's a data breach, we have to find out first, where do all those people reside? Because you might have, I mean, especially in today's world, right? We mm -hmm. don't have employees all sitting in an office together. They're all typically all over the country. So, um, you know, just privacy, I would just say, you know, you don't have to be an expert in privacy. You don't, you should just sort of you know, look at some resources, try to, um, IAPP is uh, an international organization that also um, is a domestic um, 
provides information on domestic laws in the U.S. and it's really user friendly. Their website about articles on privacy and more interesting probably than I can make it. So um, <laughs> I would suggest maybe you go there and just to you know get your feet wet and learn a little bit about what's happening in the privacy arena. Yeah, so thank you for that. I have some points that I want to uh, dig into a little bit. So I guess first to let you know, so back in 2019, I formed my own side business. And so I had a website and this is where I sell you know, my books through and do speaking yes. and, and things of that nature outside of the, uh, the industry. And so I had to come up with a privacy policy. And so I worked with a local attorney. And so I thought, well, this is going to be great. I tell them what I do. They're going to come back and go, man, we got this template. We're able to merge in what you do and send it back to me. They sent it back and it was like, no, this is wrong. This is incomplete. It doesn't have this. Like we had to sit down and have meetings and all sorts of back and forth. And I thought, I hope they're not listening to this, but I thought you should be <laughs> billing me like for You're this right. because, you know, you know, we rolled up our sleeves and really and dug into it. So it just but like back then going through that experience, I just thought there should be a very easy way state by state. Because, again, I had to go through a local attorney you know, as it was based, yep. um, you know, in, in the state. What would you say for folks who are listening to this? Is there a template? available? Is it through that IAPP or is it contacting a local attorney? I mean, I just obviously didn't do a great commercial uh, for going down that <laughs> path as well. But like, what would you recommend to, you know, we have a lot of uh, SMB organizations. They want to be compliant, as we talked about from the get-go. How, what's the, the fastest way for them to get a template and modify it and they could have something so they don't have to, they don't have to become experts? Well, I think they do have to contact a lawyer, um, you okay. know, and you should definitely we have templates, you know, at my firm and I'm sure plenty of other firms now because it, you know, maybe in 2019, it wasn't as commonplace, you know, privacy is very um it's a very hot topic in our firm, in uh, business communities. And so, you know, we have different form templates and every law firm should have that. And then it's really about having a discussion with your client and saying, you know, instead of like, uh, you know, here's all the data you collect. It's more of like, OK, let's talk about your business. Right. Um, you know, if it's a school. Right. Are you collecting, you know, do you have students coming from overseas? Are you collecting, you know, visa information um are you right if you're if it's a doctor's office are you collecting you know hipaa information how do you have to comply with that if it's a reseller and you're not collecting anything except for they're just able to come onto your website don't say that we collect first name last name ip yeah. address right i mean so there's usually discussion like i said sort of looking under the hood and having a real discussion. It shouldn't be um, a, a form should be given, you know, a, a lawyer should start with the form. They should have a discussion with you about what information are you collecting? This is, you know, these privacy policies are really sort of step by step. Who are you sharing it with? Right. So if you say, well, I do have a third party web provider. OK. Do you have any affiliated companies? Yes. OK. Um, anybody else? No, we don't really have anybody else. Um, are you selling something on your website? Yes, we're sharing with a third-party payment provider. Oh, do you care? Do you retain the data uh, for the credit card? No, our, you know, and then you might want to look at your. So that might make the client think, oh, maybe I should look at my agreement with the payment processor to be sure that they're compliant with data privacy laws, mm -hmm. which you know most of these reputable payment processors certainly are. 
Um, right. You know, we've got PCI to help keep those guys in line. Right. So, um, so that's, that's what I would say, you know, it's really, you have to, there has to be some rolling up the sleeves and working together um, because it's, because it's not a cut and paste. See, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, there is a lot of meat to these provisions um, that need to be just reviewed. And then I always love it at the end because my clients are like, they actually understand what it is they're doing with their data, right? So it's a learning experience for them because oftentimes they're like, oh man, I got to do this privacy policy. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it seems like what you're bringing up is it's the privacy policy, but the privacy policy is not just, hey, here's what we do, but it's what should we be doing? Yes. And is there anything that we should modify? Let me ask you this, because this is kind of my attitude when I was going through all this and again, running up legal bills, uh, you know, for to launch a, a very small, you know, way off to the side business where I was like, I don't read anybody's privacy policy. I could put a bunch of greeking there and no one's going to notice at all. What would you say to somebody who had, I should say had, or maybe has that attitude uh, in terms of, <laughs> Hey, it's not that big of a deal. Like what's the exposure if you either don't have a privacy policy or if you don't keep it uh, updated. One thing that I learned was there are some people who are, you know, scouting these things out. And so they'll see that you have a, don't have one or you're out of date and they'll go and, uh, they'll call you on it and you know, they'll try to get some money out of you. What's yeah. the exposure? I think it's really, I think it is, there's always, we get a lot of EU um, uh, emails saying you're not in compliance with the website. And oftentimes it's the same person over multiple clients. And it's just fascinating to me. Um, but I would say this, it's a, uh, you know, there are limited private rights of action, meaning, especially with a privacy policy, meaning consumers can't, collect from you some certain sum of money for not having a privacy policy. But state um, regulators can enforce their uh, requirements. If the privacy policy, it's sort of like any internal policy you might have, right? Like if you have a policy about how you hire employees, you know, it really, it's not about just having the policy and slapping it in place. It's about making sure you're compliant with and you understand how you handle managing an intake of a new employee. And this similarly with the privacy policy, how you're managing and handling the data of individuals, which is, you know, very powerful in the United States and will continue to be so. And, and we'll see it front and center um, as the years progress. And it seems like um, the, the difference with the employee thing, that happens within the four walls of your business. The privacy policy, like it is out there for anybody to yes. see and review and, and pick apart. That seems like it creates a, a greater exposure for, like you said, uh, privacy is going to increase in the United States and people being litigious, that's going to continue yes. to increase as well. Yes. Yep. So again, you want to, you know, often, you know, I'll look at documents like, oh, there's a typo. So I have someone else review it for you. Right. This sort of another way that you're presenting yourself to the community. Um, I think it's just really good to understand because what happens if you have a data breach, then you're talking fines and then you're talking um, there are some consumer private rights of actions and you have fines from different states if you don't do the notice properly. So it's really making sure that you're managing your, you know, oh, we don't have an IT person. Okay, that's fine, but maybe you should 
be talking with whoever is hosting your website. So it's really just how are you handling data and the privacy policy is just sort of putting it in paper and showing it to the public. And, and that's kind of my last question for you, Jill, is, and you talk about from a breach standpoint, is that part of, so while this privacy policy might seem like a boring thing to do, and you think, what are the chances of somebody who's going to try to report me to the, you know, state of Delaware, you know, if that's mm -hmm. where you are for any, um, you know, violation. Which just recently passed a state data privacy oh, law. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. I should act like I know that. Well, that's why I brought that up, Jill. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, but is it's this is more from a disaster prevention standpoint, where you're saying if you do get breached and your privacy policy either is non-existent or out of date, this is where you're in huge trouble. And again, this might be the, a bad analogy, but it's almost like you need to stay OSHA compliant. It's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it becomes a big deal when there's an accident in yes. the workplace. And so is that essentially what this is? This is almost like an insurance policy against if you do get breached, that at the very least you're able to say, okay, it reduces or eliminates your, your liability if you have a privacy policy stated that you're following. Is that accurate? Am I overstating that? I think you might be overstating just a tad, but I think what it is, though, is you look at your privacy policy and the first thing if you've done it properly and actually talked to somebody about it is you can take a look and say what information were we collecting on the website oh we were only collecting um an email address nothing else okay well if all we're collecting is email addresses in accordance with michigan for example that's not a data breach that's not you know that doesn't rise to the level of a data breach and no notifications required Right. So that's sort of like the first step. You if you understand what you're collecting, you'll very quickly be able to say, OK, we're not we, we have no problem instead of like going to find Judy down the hall and get, you know, everybody in a big room and figure out sort of what happened. Um, so it's really it's preventative um, in terms of understanding what you're doing with data and how you're protecting you know, your most important um, asset in the business, which is information about your customer. So, mm -hmm. yep, which there are some, again, nefarious actors uh, around the globe yes. who are going to be after that. So, yes. great. Uh, what's the final word you want to have on uh, privacy policy? What What do you want to leave our audience with in terms of everything we've talked about for the past 15 minutes? What's the final word on I privacy policy? I would just policy? say, you know, read some articles. I think you can very quickly get up to speed on sort of, um, and you probably could find forms out there, but the problem with the form, which if you found a form out there, you've got to read it. It's sort of like AI, right? You can mm -hmm. uh, put into the chat bot a or the, the you know the the search engine information in, but you have to read what actually is what is put out. So you know, I, I think there's a lot of the IAPP, like I say, that website is very helpful. Um, so maybe just go out there, take a glance and then think about maybe internally what your team is doing about um, data privacy and your consumer information. Yeah, and what data you need to collect, right? Don't be collecting yes. data that you do not need. Right. Yep, exactly. Excellent. Finally, Jill, how can RSP members connect with you uh, to get guidance related to, to legal issues? Sure. So they can contact me at jmiller at bodmanlaw.com, B-O-D-M-A-N-L-A-W.com. And my office number is 734-930-2499. Um, I think it's always easy to send me an email that I can just respond back and either answer your question or I can set up a time to talk. And I usually just say, what's your availability? Um, and then we set up a Zoom and 
get to meeting one another. I had a great meeting yesterday with one of our members. Um, and, you know, it's just it's just it's just engaging. Right. It's just I was learning a little bit from him about his company and we were talking a little bit about um, big picture reseller agreements. So, yes, please contact me. I'd love to meet you and chat with you. I mean, right. you already know me, but well. I'm saying to our members. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that does it for this episode of The Trusted Advisor. We hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and The Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you'd like more best practices on VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSP blog. You can find it at gorsp.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Jill Miller for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks also to RSPA Marketing Director Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye, everybody.